Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect Podcast. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. I am incredibly grateful that you're joining us for the first time. The outcome that we're after on each episode of this show is to introduce you to as many people as we cross paths with to inspire and to help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How we go about achieving this is one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. Our guest for today is a human behavior performance coach, speaker, business strategist, philanthropic leader who helps people make their best even better. His revolutionary strategy, Embrace Pain to Avoid Suffering, has helped individuals and companies break beyond their normal to achieve the success in life and business they've always wanted. And you're probably asking yourself, what makes today's guest qualified talking about embracing pain to avoid suffering? Well, how about this for some credentials? What if you lost your left arm? I mean, completely detached from your body and then reattached, having 22 surgeries to reconstruct, then re-break the same arm with a compound fracture and almost lose it again 13 years later. Goes without saying why Brian Bogart has been on an emotional and spiritual journey that has transformed how he shows up in the world and for people. And I can keep going. And I haven't even gotten to the business part about Brian. I'll tell you what, let's just go ahead and dive right in. Let's bring on today's guest. Stand by for a quick message from our co-host, Wes Bays. Before I bring on today's guest, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss the fire content we're bringing you every week. If you're listening from your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review letting us know how you're enjoying the show. And as always, follow us on Instagram at The Win Win Effect to stay updated on upcoming shows and get exclusive behind the scenes footage. And lastly, fill out the feedback form and letting us know how you enjoyed our guest today and which guests you would like to see in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. All right, I'd like to welcome Brian Bogert to the show. Brian, welcome. Hey, man. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you, boys. You have no freaking idea how excited I've been looking forward to this recording i guess for 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 the most part for us but then you know obviously when this show launches i know it's going to bring a lot of value to you know the audience with your story and you're so compelling and so inspirational and just looking at it from an outside looking in and obviously all the things you've overcome and the impact that you're now making with you know individuals companies corporations i mean there's so much you've done but for the most part i guess we can kind of lean in with the the beginning of you and what's actually led you to doing what you're doing right now and how you're able to make such a huge impact with people in human behavior and performance coaching and whatnot. For the most part, for people, for the listeners that don't know much about you, I mean, how would you describe yourself to someone brand new? Uh, you know, I would describe myself as someone with a big heart. I just want to have an impact on this world, mm-hmm. right? I want to elevate and empower people to be able to move through life and feel like they've got some element of control. Um, you know, I've been described as leading with my heart, brother. And I think that's why you and I connected because you do as well. So at a super high level, that's what I would say if people don't know who I am. Uh, and we'll dig into the story and some things here in a second. Absolutely. And yes, and you definitely can feel that you lead with your heart. And that's a whole different conversation right there. And we can go into that. And a lot of people don't know how to transfer energy positively into people and to recycle that energy if you're aligned on who you are and putting out that right frequency or could be just if you're aligned in, in the person you need to be and you just supposed yeah. to be, I guess you would say. Yeah. And as it goes with your purpose. And I know, and, and I guess that we can kind of go through that in the big pink elephant, right? Of your story mm-hmm. and, and what really 
inspired me with your story is that you pretty much have been in that situation twice. So you had two opportunities yeah. to overcome your obstacles and what's actually led you to doing all the things that you're doing now. I mean, guess what the tragic experience that you had when at a very young age when your arm was ripped off. Yeah. And it's not like you planned that to happen. But then again, I believe a lot of things or situations in life is done for a reason for us to become who we are, who we're supposed to be. For the yeah. most part, like, it comes back, I think it's seven, eight years old when you had that tragic experience. Oh, seven. Mm -hmm. Like 35, I think it's what, 35 miles an hour, a, car, a truck was coming and yeah, you had dude. no idea it was coming and bam, let's go to there. Yeah, so literally, I just want everybody to close their eyes for one second and imagine walking out of a store after a successful shopping trip, heading to your car, you're ready to get home and literally you turn your head and you see a truck barreling 40 miles an hour right at you with no time to react. So that's where this portion of my story begins. You know, my mom and my brother and I went to the closest Walmart to get a one inch paintbrush. And you know, in the little time you've known me, Chris, you can probably attest to this. I've always had like this excitement and vigor and energy about who yeah, I am. Definitely. And that, that existed when I was seven as well, right? So it's like, I was ready to get home and use that one inch paintbrush. So of course, I'm three, four feet ahead of my mom and brother. And uh, as we get to the car, they're, they're, I'm waiting for them to catch up to unlock the doors. And a truck pulls up in front of the Walmart right at the same time, parks and the driver and the middle passenger get out passenger all the way to the right feels the truck moving backwards. So he did what any one of us would do. He moved over to put his foot on the brake, but he mm -hmm. instead hit the gas. Combination of shock and force threw him up onto the steering wheel, threw him up onto the dashboard. And before you know it, he's heading 40 miles mm -hmm. an hour right at us. Now we're parked in an end spot. And so he went up and over the median, went up and over the tree in the median, hit our car, knocked me over, ran over me diagonally, tore my spleen, left a tire track scar on my stomach and continued on to completely sever my left arm from my body. So there we are, we're laying in a 115 degree day in August in Phoenix, Arizona, and my arm is 10 feet away on the asphalt. And my guardian angel walked out of the store right at that time. She mm. saw the life and limb scenario in front of her. She rushed over and immediately put her arms on the wound to save my life. She right. saw the priority. If I didn't live, I wouldn't be here to be with you guys today, right? Mm. Simultaneously, she instructed some innocent bystanders to run inside, grab a cooler, fill it with ice so that my arm could get on ice within minutes, which is the only reason I have an arm today. Right. Right. It's and amazing. So, I've heard it for the first time. Such amazing for her having the knowing exactly what she needed to do and taking charge in those types of moments. It's very difficult for people because people oh, yeah. typically freeze, you know, underneath pressure and have no idea what to do. Yeah. But please go ahead. And there was no time to freeze in this moment. I mean, mm -hmm, literally right. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for her. So every time I tell that story, I get goosebumps. Uh, mm -hmm. because I, you know, I'm forever indebted. And frankly, I never even got the chance to meet her, talk to her or anything. It's, she was just a guardian angel that flew in when I needed her and flew out. Um, so anyway, you know, I'm going to expedite portions of the story here, but, uh, ultimately we end up getting my arm reattached. And fortunately I had a surgeon that was aware enough and intentional enough to know this wasn't a one, two or three surgery ordeal. You know, he could have just cleaned up the stump too. Yeah. Uh, but instead he knew it was going to be a five, 10, 15, 20, 25 surgery ordeal. And that was kind of the beginning of, of a long process of recovery. And so, you know, I know a lot of people weren't expecting it to go there today, right? And I'll come to the second portion of the story that you mm -hmm. referenced a minute ago. Um, but what I think I've realized is, yes, I have a unique story, but we all have unique stories. Boom. What's important is that we pause and become aware of the lessons that we can extract from our stories and then become intentional with how do we apply them into our lives mm -hmm. and how do we apply them into the lives to have a collective impact on other people. And so there was two primary stories that I extracted from this. One was pretty immediate and it was, I learned not to get stuck by what had happened to me, but get moved by what I could do with it. 
wow. as I'm laying there in the ICU bed and I've got kids and families that are coming up to us, it's really easy to feel sorry for ourselves, yes. right? And I'm sitting there in that bed feeling sorry for myself and they're asking us what they can do to help us and then come to find out their kid has a terminal illness and doesn't know if they're gonna live for three months. Mm. I have my life. Whether or not I have my arm at that moment, I couldn't feel Every, sorry. Someone's got it worse, man. Someone's Always. got it worse. And perspective we had perspective a, is everything. Right. We had a conversation and, and I'm so grateful for our conversation and went and I think it was scheduled for like 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes and we went on for like an hour and a half pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's how it typically happens when you're, you know, in, you know, synergy with, you have so much synergy with someone and you're connected. And I yeah. immediately went towards the pain, but I also went towards a huge void where that pain used to be, where it's, 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 a, it's like a little, like a beacon light for people yeah. if they pay attention to it. And everyone's got it worse. Like someone said to me one time, always remember that you're living someone's dream. Yeah, that's right. You're living right. someone's dream every day. What someone is actually praying for, you're living that. That's right. It goes with a lot of different ways of looking at life and then just changing that narrative within your own self and the way that you're looking at life. It's just, it's a beautiful way of looking at it. But then also, I mean, you, I've shared this with you and my sister and all the stuff mm -hmm. that I've had to watch her go through and she'll be in so much pain and I would walk into the room and she couldn't physically see me, but she can hear me and she knew my voice, even when it was cracking, you know, when you get older, yeah. it starts cracking, your voice starts to change. Yeah. She still knew who I was because that was the connection and bond that we had. And no matter how much pain, she'd be in tears, like literally tears rolling in her face and then smile just for a hot second yeah. when she hear my voice. Yeah. And that, that right there, that's what inspires me is watching someone that's less fortunate or someone that's maybe potentially had overcome so much pain or so much trauma or whatever the situation is and embracing yeah. that and then making the conscious decision to avoid suffering and stop that suffering amazing. at that moment. That's hard for people, man. That is. That's hard. And please go, I'm like, what was that? It was it maybe your family that maybe tried to like help you in any type of way or pointing you in that type of way, like, Hey, like we got to deal with this now. Like, um, yes, it, this happened. This is your yeah, situation. Where did that lesson come from? Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to jump on what you just said real quick. Cause I think it's really important. Two things that I'm going to answer your question. Perspective points mm -hmm. us at what's important. Pain also points us at what's important. Right. And so what you just said, I want to make really, really clear for people because the second lesson that I hadn't talked about is exactly what you just said. You heard it. You shared it with everybody. It was to embrace pain, to avoid suffering. Right. And this wasn't something that came overnight. Right. This was something that actually came far later in life. Yes. But the unceasing medical treatments, years of physical therapy, I was I was in fog. I didn't even understand it. But later in life, what I realized is the hours upon hours upon hours of discomfort and sacrifice and pain that my parents put themselves in right. to benefit wow. me is where this lesson came from. Because the reality of it is the idea of their son not having use of his arm, function of his arm, was a source of great suffering for them. And so they endured mm -hmm. the pain daily to make sure I could be here and live happy, healthy, and productive and not allow this to affect me. Mm -hmm. And so this concept, right, whether it was intentional or not, became a guiding principle for my life. Because mm -hmm. when you embrace pain, you can avoid suffering. And that's when you can ultimately gain freedom. Yes. And so when we think about this through this lens, I'll give three examples of this concept because I, it's easy to sit back and be like, oh yeah, Brian embraced the pain in this crazy situation. But this happens in every aspect of our life, right? We can, embrace the pain of hitting the, we can embrace the pain of hitting the gym for 30 minutes a day to avoid the aches and pains from suffering from a sedentary lifestyle, right? We can embrace the pain of a difficult conversation with a loved one to avoid a loveless marriage or being stuck in a marriage that we don't want to be in when we want divorce, mm -hmm. right? That's suffering. We can embrace the pain of having our kids 
right? Put away their tablets and mobile devices at dinner and the fits they're sure to throw to avoid the suffering of years and years and years of lost and meaningful conversation. Mm -hmm. Business people, right? We can embrace the pain of firing our top salesperson to avoid the suffering of stagnant growth because they're the biggest cancer in our culture. Right. Right. When we think about this, these are the moments we've got to turn into. So when I say perspective points is what's important, pain does as well. And we've got to learn to lean into those for our benefit. Mm. Wes, I mean, I know yeah. that I mean, you please just chime in here because there's so much there to dissect and it might give me a minute to figure out how we can, I guess, possibly try to explain what he's talking about. And the people have no idea what that takes yeah. to make an impact or even have an understanding and an awareness side of it. But please yeah. chime in here, please. That's uh, it's so funny because we were talking about perspective even earlier today. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's great that we're having this conversation now as well. So there's so much, so many important things that were said there. So Brian, when, cause you said, obviously what you're saying is key. Basically you embrace pain to avoid suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what, I guess for the most part, how does someone even begin to take on that type of a perspective or that type of a mindset? Yeah. So I think it starts with understanding the difference between pain and suffering, right? So we've got to move that into awareness first. And so I think it's interesting because I think most, you know, the world tells us to reduce, eliminate, or avoid pain, right? I'm telling you the world is wrong. And so we need to learn how to embrace it. But the problem is we as human beings tend to change definitions of words to make ourselves feel better, right? So instead what we do is we say pain and then we put clarifying words in front of it, like acute and chronic, which automatically changes the definition of the word, right? Pain by definition is short-term intermittent and a direct cause by, by something, Right. Mm -hmm. And so once that thing is removed, the pain is removed. So anything that's longer term, not intermittent and persists over a long period of time, even after that source is removed, is actually suffering. Instead, we call it chronic pain to make ourselves feel better. So the first part is we've got to really understand the the distinguishing points between pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. Suffering creeps up on us often without our understanding because we adapt to it over time Mm -hmm. till often the, the, the impacts are hard to reverse. So when you say, how do we do this? It starts with awareness. Everything starts with awareness, right? When we think about everything, our brains process 11 million bits of information per second, and we're only consciously aware of about 40. Mm -hmm. What that suggests is that we're largely led by the unconscious. So if we aren't aware of it, we can't be intentional about it, right? Mm -hmm. So I think this is the matter of like, we've got to do this. There's really three things that I walk people through to really understand how do we bring this concept into our lives. And the first is acknowledging the suffering that we wish to avoid which sounds a little counterintuitive, but what that really means is get clear on what's important to you and recognize Mm -hmm. that everything else is noise and anything opposite on where you want to head is ultimately suffering. So if you want to have a certain experience with your family around financial freedom and trips and experiences and things like that, if you don't embrace the pain of the profession, the job, the financial means to get you there, suffering exists because you can't ever provide that experience for your family, right? So we've got to really get clear on like acknowledging the suffering that we wish to avoid. The second is we have to understand and learn to embrace the pains that are going to get us to our path, but really identify the ones that we tend to avoid and learn to embrace them. So I'll give a perfect example from myself, my own life, right? I have no lap in my back. I have no tricep in my left arm. I've got a curve in my spine and I have suffering in my back. If I'm not careful about 12 years ago, I learned that if I can stay lean, stay fit, stay strong, then my suffering is significantly reduced to the point that I can manage and live day to day. Well, what did I do? I signed up and I went to the gym. Six months after doing it, I realized I really wasn't going that often. I didn't really like it. I wasn't there. 
So I had to ask myself the question, is it the pain of working out that I'm avoiding or is it the anxiety I get when going to a crowded gym? Oh, wow. You got to understand the pains that keep us in those self-defeating patterns mm. and change our environments to position those. So we have to identify those pains and learn to embrace them. What did I do? I built out a home gym, right? And then the third is we've got to establish as a habit in our lives in every aspect. So, right. You have a spouse look at you and they're upset because you loaded the dishwasher wrong. Embrace the pain of understanding. Like, is that emotional trigger that they just reacted to actually about this moment? Can mm -hmm. I lean in and have a conversation to avoid the suffering of not ever knowing? And now we're at each other's necks and arguing over nothing, mm. right? It's these little yeah. things that we've got to really turn into. You know, we know that a lot of people are, have that fog, right? Where they can't yeah. even begin to have that level of awareness. And so how does, how does someone even begin to have that level of awareness so that they can execute on what you're saying? Well, I think it starts with desire. They have to desire to want that level of awareness. I think the problem is a lot of people are actually okay living in the unconscious, <laughs> living through the patterns of their lives. And they'll sit there and say that they want more control, want more ability, but they've got to put in the work. Awareness doesn't come overnight. It takes work to really be able to understand how do we do that. I think raising our level of awareness starts with really being paying attention to what's going on in our bodies, what's going on in our minds, really big, being able to understand the narratives that our brains create for us, sometimes that are true, our hearts create for us, sometimes that are true, and regulating between the two. And then I think it honestly also comes from surrounding yourself with the right people that'll yes. tell you truth, not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And those that you can go to, right, whether it's formal or not, whether it's a mentor, a coach, or a spouse, or a good friend, it doesn't matter. Somebody that has enough of your trust that you can yeah. get real honest feedback and say, hey, I, I feel like I'm blind here. Can you help me understand why this pattern continues to exist in my relationships? Why this pattern continues to exist at work? And what can I do about it from a future focused mm -hmm. and objective perspective to change that pattern? Yeah, the key word there was what? Like, what can I, what do I do? Right. That's and right. a lot of us are going through life wondering what the hell we need to do, <laughs> right? So, I mean, you mentioned a couple of different times and I picked up on it is lean in. Yeah. You leaning in at all times rather than, taking a step back or even being neutral. It's like, it seems from, from my understanding and me picking up on this, that you're always looking for the growth and looking where you can make right. an impact and learn something new. That's right. That's a lot. That's hard for people. And we talked a lot about the subconscious and a conscious mind, right? And all the brain, your brain's a computer. Yeah. And it takes in so much information subconscious. You have no idea what's actually there, but a lot of people aren't willing or are able or present enough or, take the time to focus on their breathing to tap into the subconscious. And I had a conversation with someone the other day and I was asking a lot of questions and he asked, I was like, what, what I'm concerned about and what actually confuses me is that you said that you had X, Y, Z opportunities previously. When you went to make those decisions, you made a poor decision or you felt like you weren't willing or able to put in the dedication and the work it took to maximize that type of opportunity. Walk me through 12 hours prior to those meetings when you made those decisions. And when I asked that question, I opened him up to a whole different possibilities of way of looking at the situation. Because here's what happens. One or two things happen when someone is presented an opportunity, one or two things are going to happen for either one, they're going to say, I, there's no way that I can accomplish that because they're only stuck in their own limiting beliefs and bullshit. Yep. Right. Yep. Or they're going to say, yeah, I'll take the opportunity, but subconsciously they're going to self-sabotage themselves. Yeah. Leading into that meeting 
because they truly deep down don't believe that they deserve it or they are able to accomplish or create the life of their dreams. Because the first thing is asking questions going, hey, why do you believe this? And when you start reverse engineering everything and investigating those deep and dark secrets about yourself, that's hard for people, man. I mean, that's super hard. And, you know, I mean, I was working with a client not that long ago in a coaching capacity. And it was interesting because she has taken a different trajectory than her parents told her she should, mm. right? I'll come back to should in a minute because we're very much in a shame-based culture in a whole lot of ways. But what's fascinating about what you just said is, right, they have followed their heart at different moments. They've gotten constant resistance from their family because they didn't go down that same path. They didn't follow the exact same degree, the same profession that basically the rest of the family is in. And so she's always automatically an outsider. Well, what's interesting is when I asked her to really define like her success and then define her family's definition of success, it was very, very clear to me that her family's definition of success was based on prestige and money, yeah. 100% and nothing else. And so when I leaned into that and I challenged her on that, she started to defend her family almost at the point of yeah. self-sabotaging her own definition because often we're not even aware of the patterns that have been created in our lives, mm -hmm. right? When I said the word should, I'm a believer, like I am on a mission to have us remove the word should from our language mm -hmm. because we should is that. automatically a shame-based word, yeah. right? It implies that whatever you're doing isn't good enough. When in reality, sometimes it's exactly what we want to be doing and who the hell can define if it's good enough other than ourselves, mm -hmm. right? And so we need to remove that so that we can really start to free ourselves. And to your point, get more aware on the why and the what and how do we transfer these scenarios to make sure that we're mentally and physically and emotionally preparing ourselves to enter into each moment as all of who we are. Here's the thing though, when people come to us or it doesn't matter in what capacity or business and, and when people come to you and I know that what you do for a living and you make such a huge impact, how hard is it to teach it to someone that is trying to protect all the narrative and everything around them? Super was, hard. What is the first way of getting them to realize that they're actually defending the wrong person? Yeah. So that... <laughs> I wouldn't say that there's a first way that's the same for every person, mm -hmm. but I think okay. that it Good. starts always with a general theme, which comes back to vulnerability. We have a mm -hmm. difficult time, I think, really letting that armor down. So when you said that protect, right, we're protecting other people, we're protecting ourselves, we're protecting narratives. And what's interesting is I think vulnerability for a lot of people is viewed as weak. But what's interesting is when you actually look at what vulnerability is, it's a heavier weight than we want to admit, because what we're doing is we're carrying an armor in front of us. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the first things that I do and a lot of the people that I work with is try to get that armor to be set down because it's freeing ultimately to let go of that weight. And when we can be vulnerable and we can be open from a trusting perspective, then we can have that conversation around who are you protecting? What narrative are you protecting? Right. Are you protecting yourself? Are you protecting your family? Are you protecting patterns that have existed in your whole life that maybe you don't even understand why they're there? Right. Mm -hmm. So again, with this whole idea of awareness, it, it all has to come into an aware state so we can be intentional with it. But I think too often we've been in a society that just tells us to shove our emotions and our feelings down. And 100%. so we've a hundred percent put ourselves into a place where we're numb. We've got a crusty exterior and armor is the only thing we know mm -hmm. until that comes down. I don't care how much desire somebody has to grow and move through it until that armor can come down. There's no ability to move forward and grow. In my right. opinion. No, I 100% ingredients to it. And, and a lot of people don't pick up on the small details. And another P word that a lot of people don't mention in this type of situation is proof. 
Well, they, yeah. they're trying to prove something other than himself or maybe someone else or it could be whatever. And defending, that's the proving piece. Like, if you don't have anything to protect and anything to prove, there's a good chance you are aligned on who you are or you're supposed to be. There's a good chance. When you're trying to prove something, by the way, that's a shame-based behavior. It is. Right? 100%. It's one of two tracks. It's either you're not good enough, or if you shut that down and you show up and you're ready to go to battle, it's who do you think you are? Here's the thing. And I know that we're talking about, you know, proving or protecting, right? And then we're kind of going into a couple of different pivot points on this conversation to bring to our listeners. But for what I wanted to kind of point out just for a couple of seconds, if we can, when someone is in that vulnerable state and you're working with them, Brian, how hard is it for you to take a step back and not project or push your own emotional trauma onto them in that type of situation and be like, you don't have it worse than me. I have it worse. Because I'll see a lot of like maybe some people that are calling themselves influencers or the ones that are supposed to be there for a long time. They like to try to sometimes push their pain and their trauma and their journey and their spiritual journey onto them saying, you don't have it that bad. I lost my freaking arm. How much of that comes into play within your own type of approach? So what's funny, brother, like until you ask that question, that's never even been a thought that's crossed my mind. That's a, that was a perfect answer. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like I just, I don't, I don't, I've never viewed myself that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't view myself as the victim. I don't view myself as having it worse off than anybody else. In fact, I think it's exactly opposite. I think most days I look at this as I'm extremely blessed. Oh, and wow, so yeah. I'm just trying to put myself in a position to receive so that I can give. And I believe that I'm here. I think that this accident, right? The, the injuries that I had to overcome, all the pain I've endured is here to put me in a position so that other people don't have to experience the same pain. So to me, it's not about a comparison on like, I experienced more pain than you. No, dude, like everybody experiences pain differently, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like everybody has their own level. And which is why it's so hard to measure pain because it's independent to the person that's experiencing it. The only thing that pain has in common across the board for all of us is it's a universal human experience. We all experience pain. And so who am I to say mine's worse than anybody else's? So yeah, I, I literally never even thought about that until you asked the question. Why I asked that question, it leads me to kind of framing the next part of, you know, an opportunity for the listeners. Because when a lot of people, they try to put their story and they're only leading with their story. And then maybe a comparison could be. Yeah. Like, oh, you have it worse than me or whatever. It doesn't matter when you're aligned on who you are and your purpose and what you're trying to accomplish. Like when I'm working with students or I'm working with people individually, companies, corporations, just different capacity, right? But when yeah. I'm working with people, I'm never talking about myself. Yeah. I'm always talking about, it's not about me, man. It's about you yep. and your situation. So what can I teach you? Maybe I can cut some light years off your learning curve because what I had to overcome in that's my right. journey. And that's all about elevating others to yep. elevate What yourself. you share is what's relevant to you and where you're headed. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's relevant for you to share is honestly, just to your point, the lessons that you can extract outside of that, like, why would you communicate anything about yourself? Why would you give those types of communications, I'd perspective and lessons and shorten the curve. That's where it comes into play. Um, I am very much focused on the other person across from the table. And what's interesting about what you said is dude, until the last few years, I like never talked about my story unless I was asked about it. Um, and, and the reality of it is, is cause I was so consumed. I wasn't in the coaching space. I wasn't in the speaking space until right. five years ago. I was always elevating and empowering other people. But the reality of it is it's like, I wanted to show up in the business world and be able to have my own credibility, my own mindset, my own thoughts, my own interest, the team that we're bringing to the table, the way we can collaborate that. That's what I wanted to really get attention. I didn't mm-hmm. want this to happen. So what's funny about that is I've had friends for five years 
who've never known about my accident on my arm. It's smaller, which always blows my mind. I don't know how they've never noticed, but I'll make a comment at one point, five years into a relationship and be like, oh yeah, because of my accident. They're like, what are you talking about? It's not your identity. It's not who I am. It's something that happened to me. And it shaped me, right, into the person that I am today because I think I'd probably be an arrogant a-hole if it wasn't for all about perspective. But um, yeah, no, man, that's, I'm all about the other person. How do I get them to go on their own intrinsic journey? Right. I mean, the accident mentioned, accident or your journey or whatever the situation might be, a lot of times it's easy when it's physical to identify yeah. because you can see it, right? But a mm-hmm. lot of times, a lot of trauma and a lot of pain and a lot of people's experiences come from internal and you can't identify unless you're i guess you would say willing to ask the what when why how questions Mm -hmm. with people to really get to know them on on a deeper level to make an impact and it doesn't matter like yeah just in business this happens in every form of communication with people in every aspect of life yeah i do the same thing with i'm talking to you on the podcast or i'm talking to someone in Starbucks, or I'm talking to someone in a board meeting, you know, structuring or making a, a recommendation when it comes to a 20 million or 40 million deal. I'm the same type of communication. A lot of people, they confuse it. I mean, I know that you've done so much on, you know, you know growing a company from $250,000 to over, you know, like around $15 million to make an impact in those types of areas. And that's, these are big numbers. These aren't just like, Looking at it, okay, hey, yeah, this guy's a yeah. human behavior, a performance coach. This is what, this is what you do now. Like, yeah. you've done so much in your, in your corporate life. But say, for instance, and I'm going to kind of frame this the way that I want to with this, and I wanted to ask this question. When, before you went to that and you were, had a, another accident happen to you, and you, then next thing you know, bam, life hits you again, and now you're ground back to set zero. Yeah. How did you overcome that again? Yeah. So, you know, it's, I, I love that you asked that question because we talked about it earlier in, in the conversation. So to give everybody perspective on what happened, I was snowboarding, right? And I went down and I rebroke my arm, compound fracture, exact same spot that it came off at. And I was out in California, didn't have my family, didn't have my friends. And so they sent me to the hospital. Normal procedure for compound fracture is go right into surgery. But I went through seven surgeons that were afraid to touch me because of the medical malpractice. They didn't want to do it. So they tried a whole bunch of different things. And I went ultimately 10 months with my arm hanging by my side until I finally got a surgeon that was brave enough to take on Mm -hmm. the procedure. Um, And what's interesting, you know, this connects a lot to everything that we talk about, right? Because what I realized in that time is that, and this was when I was 20. So I had 13 years where I was so focused on not being the victim, not being the center of attention, not being needing of anybody else's help that I built up that external narrative, right? Of I'm good. I've got everything under control. I don't need anybody's help. And guess what? The world bought into my narrative. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden I'm in the most vulnerable position, not willing to admit it, frankly, in the moment. And all of a sudden nobody's there for me because they bought into my narrative. And it wasn't because they didn't care. It wasn't because they didn't love me. It was because I couldn't ask for help one and two, I was in a position that I had set this narrative so strong that they bought into it. So that next period of my life went into the concept that we talked about earlier. How do I take this emotional intelligence that I'd learned by reading people and being able to understand those dynamics and actually focus on human connection, right? And those two things that really came into play were vulnerability and authenticity. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is, again, I'm going to fast forward another 13 years because I got really good at that right? I believe something that you said in the last part of what you were talking about, we are only as good as our questions. 
Yeah. Right. So our ability to ask the right question is our ability to understand someone else sympathetically, mm -hmm. empathetically, whatever, right. In business and mm -hmm. life in coaching, it's, it's the questions that help other people go on that journey. I got yes. really good at that. Right. But then I realized fast forward a little bit more. I was dealing with some other health issues a few years back. I got diagnosed with a really rare and extreme case of growth hormone deficiency that affected mm -hmm. my, my brain and my intellect and it affected my energy. Ultimately got that figured out. But what I learned in that period of time is that human connection without emotion isn't really human connection. I had mastered vulnerability and authenticity from a tactical standpoint. Yeah, there it is. Really good at mm -hmm. using them in a way that got people to open up to me. Yeah. But I wasn't actually connecting with them. And I'm what so I learned through that is I also uncovered for the first time, this was three, four years ago, my daughter turns around after having a great time, puts her arm around my neck, says she loves me and kisses me. And I started crying, was mm -hmm. overwhelmed with emotion and from joy. And what I realized is that if I wasn't experiencing joy to the full extent, I certainly wasn't experiencing pain, mm -hmm. which ultimately told me that what, when I shut off physical pain, I shut off emotional pain. And if we don't feel, we don't heal. Wow. And so I had to really recognize I was compartmentalizing all of my feelings my whole life. When my wife used to say, you don't feel anything. I used to think I felt a lot and I'd be like, no, no, I feel a lot. Well, guess what? She was right. Because once I could broaden that and really understand it, it actually changed the way I coached because I didn't just sympathize with people intellectually. I empathize with people with my heart. And then I could understand how to regulate between the two narratives. Holy shit. I'm, I know, excuse me for, you know, saying some bad words and getting excited. I'm just like really excited about touching on this. And a lot of people don't understand this about emotional intelligence and reading people. When I talk a lot about this and you know, this is what I do with companies and, and Wes and I, we were in our journey and, and what would the impact we're making with people is it, Yeah. I'm really good in for a tactical aspect of actually understanding it and picking it off from people and getting yeah. what I need or what I want from extracting that information and asking the right questions. I was really good at doing this in my, business life horrible i was horrible in my personal life of doing it because i was too close to it but i didn't that was you mentioned something vulnerability mm -hmm. when i was going through something similar and it's so funny that wes and i had a similar conversation <laughs> to this and i want to i want to sprinkle this on here because i think it's an opportunity because i don't think wes knows this to the extent of how much his advice helped me at, at one point i went through something very traumatic and it wasn't a traumatic experience like physically it was emotionally with mm -hmm. myself and I was bought into that identity. It was a part of who I was because I was a certain level of success. And, I've, and people bought into that narrative for myself very close wow. to you, obviously, in that just different way. They're bought into that narrative. Chris is good. He's multimillionaire. He's good. Yeah. He's, you know, he's successful. He's this. And he's doing so much in his growth. Well, that's just the narrative they bought into. But I, it was a very bad experience that I've had. And I've had to go back in and realign everything because – that was difficult for myself, but it's like, okay, I've been here before. I know exactly what I need to do. But sometimes it was very difficult for me because when I reached out to Wes and I shared him, you know, some deep secrets and some deep things with him. And I don't know if you remember this, Wes, but the advice you gave me is that you said you just need to feel it. That's so powerful, man. <laughs> it changed. It forced me to deal with it because I know how to fix the problem and mask the problem. We'll put a Band-Aid on it and just yeah. move. We keep moving. Well, he forced me with that advice to go back in deep. Yeah. And I, and I'm always be great, grateful for that, Wes. And um, for him, it, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have, if he didn't have the emotional intelligence to understand that and know me personally, he wouldn't be able to give me that advice. So you're spot on. You're spot on. And here's the thing. Wes embraced the pain 
of telling you something that was really difficult that he knew was going to hurt you in the moment mm-hmm. because he knew right to avoid the suffering of not being the friend that you think he was which is why you called out to help him and then you embrace the pain of actually feeling so that yeah. you could heal to avoid the suffering of like that same pattern existing in your life so that says a lot about you too but again that whole thing that you called out earlier like lean in Wes leaned into that moment you yeah. leaned into the moment of having the vulnerability and the courage to call him and say man i'm struggling i don't know what to do and then right. you listened and implemented what your friend and trusted advisor and partner right said right. to you which is feel like that is Wes, man that's that's so powerful right do you remember that experience Wes? yeah i actually do i just remember i remember the phone call exactly yeah. i think we ended up talking for like a good three hours that day how and, did you feel uh, in that moment i mean it was like uh you know what it is is that i felt i felt like i was a part of that journey right so because with chris it's different because whatever like if he's feeling pain i'm feeling pain right yeah. like that's that's how it, because it's it's that connection right it's that care and love that you have for somebody and uh and so but i realized in that moment that i couldn't i had to i had to kind of pull myself away a little bit so i can look at it from a different lens because if i if i went into it and looked at it from the same lens it wasn't going to be the the best outcome mm-hmm. in that case so for me to be a good friend in that moment i had to detach myself just a bit to see it in a different yeah. way um and and be able to actually you know say what i needed to say in that moment to make an impact yeah because if you didn't shift that lens like you could have been like oh yeah buddy that sucks i'm sorry right like and just almost giving him the 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 ointment to make it feel better in the moment so that he's feeling heard but you didn't because you were like dude if you don't do this you're not you're not going to heal right right and i I think that you know and i don't know if this is true but i think it's because wes knows how hard it is for me to be able to ask for help but i wasn't asking for help directly i did it in an indirect way and just sharing what I was actually really feeling and him picking up was like, wow, this is something he's never told me on that. And I'm, of course I've always, our relationship and in you know, our business relationship, it's just our bond now is just unbreakable oh, yeah. because there's nothing that anyone's going to do or say, or put him in a situation. I'm going to go into the big brother type of mode. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but it's, I'm, there's nothing he'll ever ask for. And that's the connection that we make with people and companies. Yeah. Is the same way, but you have to be aligned and having that emotional intelligence, not doing it just from a tactical standpoint of actually yeah. understanding and feeling and being empathetic and feeling that and why you experience so much joy with your daughter when it's the first time that you've actually felt vulnerability on that joy on that, on a different side of that type of feeling. Right. And you're like, wait a minute, why am I feeling this? And that's the whole thing we're after, man, is we all of us want to experience joy, but we're we're not going to because we're projecting all this other bullshit around us and we're not going to yeah. feel it. Yeah. And we're stuck because we don't allow ourselves to feel it because society tells us not to. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, how many of us grew up and I, I, this is no bash on it. Cause I think it's just part of the culture and the timing, but how many of us grew up with parents that were like, suck it up, just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and, and I think in a lot of ways that's made a lot of us mentally strong and tough in some different ways. But like, we, again, that's where we've got to bring it back down and put it back into our body and be able to understand and feel the energy so that we can, transfer that energy in an effective way to the people that we love, the people we want to have impact on. Right. And I mean, I'm sure you feel the same way with, and Wes has been through some very traumatic experiences as well. And, you know, maybe not to impact in that type of level and remember the conversation, but there's some things that, you know, we both have shared and I've, you know, maybe sprinkled some of my journey and my, um, I guess you would say growth, or maybe some of my failures and setbacks and obstacles that I had to be 
get put myself in a situation with the life that I created now that I've helped him. It is, that's where the communication and that's where yeah. the relationship you have to build is, is a give and take. That's it's right. not give, 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 or take, take, take. That's right. You got to reciprocate it, right? So that's where, that, that's where that relationship comes from. And I'm sure you feel the same in you know, a lot of people that you come in contact with now in the business. But what is a pivotal moment from you overcoming all these types of situations, right? And I think that, and this is the way I feel now, that there's nothing that I can't overcome. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like, I, and I don't want to sound a certain way and, and test the universe of actually putting something <laughs> in my face, but... I literally feel like nothing can ever beat me unless I beat myself. Do you feel something like that? I got chills when you said it, man, that you spoke to my soul. Uh, I think, I think once you go through enough, right. It, it life's about standing up one more time than you get knocked down. Yeah. Right. What's guaranteed is we're going to be knocked down and we can choose to stay down there or we can choose to stand up. And I think that that's like the big thing is I'm going to stand up until the day that I die. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to struggle. That doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. That doesn't mean, right, like all of these things. And it doesn't mean I might not stay on my knees for a little bit while I'm trying to stand up. I mean, that's right. the thing is like, sometimes it, it hurts. Um, but that's where I'm at. And I think that's what a lot of people need to lean into and recognize is, again, everybody's stories are different, but we all have yeah. stuff we can learn from. We all have strength that we can glean from it. And it's like, if it's not about how much better or worse off our stories are than other people's perspective is important to help, again, yeah. regulate and point us at what's important, but what we constantly need to remind ourselves of is every single person who's still alive today is a survivor. Every yes. person has stood up more times than 100%. they've been knocked down or they wouldn't be here. Right. And they may still be stuck on their knees. And that's where I want to be able to help put my hand down and pull people back up. I got that's you. Where I'm at in I my got point you. In yeah. life, right. Right. It's like I got you. I'm going to help pull you. I'll, I'll carry the burden and the strength because I've endured enough pain. I've got enough for a lot of people mm -hmm. in my life. But Man, the reality of it is it's like, we all have that ability. And so, dude, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, in fact, one of my favorite quotes is from the Rocky movie, right? Uh, I don't know if you, Rocky Five, when he's talking to Are you kidding son. me? Are you kidding me? I'm Italian, dude. Like, I'm freaking Italian. <laughs> right? like, I'm, I love fucking Rocky. I don't even see Sylvester Stallone as Sly. It's Rocky. <laughs> All right, right, exactly. But I mean, when he's sitting there talking to his son, he's like, dude, li li life is going to knock you down and keep you on your knees True. if you let it. But it's not about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I constantly, like that, that quote goes through my brain because, dude, it's about just, you got to stand up. It, it sounds cheesy. It sounds so cheesy because it comes from that type of movie in, in, in the course. But the, if you actually feel and listen to what the hidden message is behind what he's oh. actually talking about. I'm telling you right now, like, like overcoming so much if I have in my life and watching my mom and experience maybe third party and beating cancer and eight back surgeries. My dad fucking working his ass off, man. That's where I get my crazy. Yeah. I got zero excuse yeah. at zero not to become great and not That's to right. be great or be legendary or making an impact because it's not about money for me anymore. It's not about those types of shit. Right. I can care less, man. It's like, am I going to live my life to the fullest? Am I, am I sending that message to the, mo the most important people around me each and every day to tell them that I appreciate them? Like That's last right. night I had a very, I mean, just like, doesn't mean your people listening to this be like, wow, these guys are powerful. They're bulletproof. Nah, man, it doesn't mean I don't still feel that shit. <laughs> yeah. I had a weak moment last night. I'll share something very vulnerable. I had a weak moment last night and I called my sister because she's always the one's going to keep me in check, right? And if I, I know exactly the people I need in my life, to, they're going to give me certain things at certain points. That's right. She's not going to feel 
I guess you would say be empathetic or be vulnerable in that situation. She's going to be like, man up. But I needed that conversation. Sometimes you so, need that in that moment. Yeah, and I was vulnerable and I was upset. I was emotional and I called him as just having a weak moment. But she, let, she didn't project all her shit on me or her story going through something similar in, in, a pre, in a past relationship that she had. She didn't do that, right? Yeah. What she did is she, let, she was there and present in the moment and experienced it with me and it held me in check and called me a, a pansy for, I guess you would say, the, the, the yeah. words that she would normally would use. But that, you need these people in life. And I guess you so, so outlets. How much is that coming to play when, when you're, I guess, working out the boundaries in a coaching dynamic with people? Oh, that comes into play big time. Um, they've got to be able to learn and trust in me. And I have to know mm -hmm. when I need to kick him in the ass or when I need to wrap him in love and pick him up, right? I mean, I think right. that it's, it's really, really important. And one of the things you said, right, nobody's bulletproof. There mm -hmm. isn't a single person on this planet that gets out unscathed. Not a single person, right? It just doesn't happen. So in my coaching work, like that's actually before I even start working with somebody, that's the first thing I say, look, if you can't come in here and understand like that, this is a safe space that we're going to demonstrate and build trust. I know it's not going to happen overnight. You have to put yourself in a position where you're going to be vulnerable and put in the work. And if I challenge you in an area, I want you to lean into it. And if I embrace wow. you and pull you up, know that I'm going to be doing that. But I will not work with somebody unless I think that they're ready and able to be in that position one-to-one. -one. I'll refer them to one of my courses. I'll refer them to some of the other things that we That's do beautiful. because they aren't ready yet. Where I'm going to take people is a extremely vulnerable but safe place. I will protect them in those moments. I'm going to take them into the darkness and yeah. like, that's just the reality. And I think, you know, I want to go back to something else you said, right? Like this whole idea or perception that, that people are, come out unscathed or they're bulletproof. That's my biggest issue with social media these days mm -hmm. is it's people's highlight reels. Every single person that we're seeing that's oh, man. out there, oh, whether wow, it's wow, glitz wow, and wow. glamour, whatever, whatever the case is, there is not a single person that doesn't have something real behind the curtain, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, I had a vulnerable moment yesterday. And in fact, I actually talked to one of my coaching clients and one of my friends. He happens to be both, right? We had a quick little touch base on something and I shared with him my vulnerable moment yesterday. I just got in my head on some stuff. I was feeling stuck in a couple of my own things. And guess what? My ability to demonstrate that to him actually gave the whole situation more power. Because yeah. he's like, bro, he's like, I don't even always realize. I, he's you're, like, you're, I, letting I you're letting that baggage go. You're letting it go. Yeah. And, and he's like, I forget that. sometimes that you're dealing with shit too. Right, exactly. And you know, they're seeing it from, you know, of course, what you're seeing right now in a lot of the social media things. And yeah, you see a highlight reel, but it doesn't mean in the last eight months that I haven't gathered all this information and yeah. gathered videos and gathered audio. I haven't yet to be able to tell my side and I have yet to be able to share my journey and my experiences with the world. And I will because I'm man enough and I'm, and I'm willing to, because somebody's going to listen to it, it's going through something very similar, yep. maybe close. And if it helps them from them not wanting to jump off a bridge or yeah. like maybe lean in on what you're talking about, then that's enough for me. Yeah. Because I can care less on how, what people feel or what people, you know, what their views on me. Yeah. I can, I but don't that's care. what makes you powerful, brother. That's why you and I connected right away. Cause it's like, you, you look, it's like, look, if people can learn from the stuff I've been through, awesome. That's a right. giver's mentality, right? Like you're not out here expecting somebody to attach onto you because of the image you're portraying. No, you're just being anymore. you. I've, lo I've lost that. I that identity is gone. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like that, that old identity. And I love when people want to tell me about myself of who I was in the snapshot in the memory during yeah, time, 10 right? years ago or something. You think that's me now. 
what's going to happen now is when these people start coming back in my life and they, maybe they're not going to see me in my new skin and they're going to refuse to do it because that's part of their identity and their story and <laughs> yeah, their that's right. bullshit. I've, I've already, I'm telling you, man, I've already realigned all this shit again. So I'm just, I'm ready. And, and what it's not about being ready to um, serve or tell my side or whatever. No, it's just that what I'm ready to do is just live my best life, man, every day. Yeah. And what I believe living, about bro. you. It's the first time in my life I'm actually living my life. What I believe about you, though, and I think what's really powerful and subtle that I'm sure some of the listeners won't pick up on. So I want to draw attention to what you just said. People are stuck in different phases of their life based on who they saw you to be. Yeah. But I think where you're at in this moment, when you talk about realigning multiple times, being on version 48 or whatever you're on for yourself, the reality of it is you're not adding more to your life. You're shedding layers. Yes. You are shedding layers to allow your most authentic self, who you already are, to shine to the world. You weren't ready in other periods of time. So every day that you move forward, you're shedding that skin, you're shedding that armor, you're shedding those layers so that your most authentic self is shining. And as you do that, you're actually having greater impact and more power in everything you do. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. I thank you for that. I appreciate it because it does mean a lot to be seen to, for a lot of people when they showed up, you know, it was how you show up, right? And you mentioned that earlier. And Wes, I'm going to have you chime in on this one piece of this, if you can. You mentioned being seen, like in certain relationships, I've never been seen. They had no idea who I was even was. They, they never met me before. Now with me shedding layers, people sometimes think that they need to add more value, more knowledge, all this bullshit. And, uh, yeah, that's true from certain situations. Of course. I mean, if I went and read all the books that I've read, I wouldn't know anything about sales or business Correct. or, yep. you know, I mean, that's, that's information that's explicit knowledge. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about actually you becoming more authentic yep. and becoming your true self. When I die, I want to die on E. Like I want to, <laughs> yes. there's fumes, bro. There's, there's freaking fumes. And I told Wes this before, make sure if I die before you, you bury me with a freaking phone because I want to make sure if they, if there's something else left, I'm going to make an impact because that's what I'm about. When I get my weak moments or it's like, how can I make an impact? I'll record that shit. I record it because I'm holding myself accountable because I'm shedding those layers. And when people, and that's when you, when you die, when you die, when I die on E, I want to go to my creator or whatever people are spiritual or whatever they believe. I believe in there's one God, but when you get, when I go there and meet my creator or whatever the situation is, I am the person who he imagined in his mind right. of who, who I wanted to be, because I want to leave no rock unturned. I wanted to leave it all on the field. And cause I don't want to live with that regret. That's one of my biggest things that I ever done for myself. And I want to get emotional when I say this, but when you go to a retirement home and you interview people, older yes. folks and oh. holy shit, bro, you can see the regret behind their eyes. Yeah. Bro. And wow. I mean, Wes, I know that you, when the reason why I'm bringing this up, because we've had a lot of conversations on the impact that that's made in my life on interviewing people that, you know, maybe have, you know, dealt with the regret or oh, I should have asked this girl out or I should have asked this guy out or I should have did this. Can you sprinkle some, just some of your knowledge and shine a light on that for the listeners, please? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's funny because I had a, a similar experience because before all of this, I was uh, in the financial field, right? So specifically though, in life insurance. And so what do you deal with? You know, a lot of times in life insurance, it's you're either putting policies in place or you're delivering a policy. Yeah. Never a good day when you're delivering one. 
right? And uh, and had a and I, I unfortunately delivered quite a few of them. And having those conversations with people, you know, the biggest thing, one of the biggest takeaways that I, that I got from it was, um, and I heard this more times than anything else, is because uh, I'd have a personal relationship with my clients. They'd say, "I wish I at least had told them this, or mm-hmm. I, I wish I spent a little more time with them." Right, and and they just had those regrets, and you know, biggest thing that it's funny that we're you know, the way that we're that we're going through this, it's like, you start your life as a your pure self, right, and then I've, my version of a successful life is okay. You go through life and you have all these layers that are adding on to you, mm-hmm. positive, some positive but negative layers adding on to you, right, and then where I think a successful life is that you at some point hit that, hit that peak where you have all the, all these negative layers on you. And then as you guys are saying, you start to shed them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the time, by the time you pass on, you know, to me, success means that you have, you're back to your pure self. Right? And, and I, I feel if you can do that, if you can focus your energy on that, which is the hardest, it's really, it, it's the simplest, but hardest thing to do. Yeah. Requires vulnerability. <laughs> yeah. And as for someone like myself, I'll tell you right now that that's my, one of my hard, hardest things to do because I grew up in that type of a home yeah. where you don't yeah. cry. You actually, you fight each other, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You don't ever shed a tear. You got to man up and that's how it is. And I've, I've always just like, and I love that you said that Brian is I've, I was able to always get people to open up to me, but I was always too afraid to open up to them. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's real. Wow. And you lack human connection, right? When that yeah. happens. Cause like you're, you're really able to feel the connection coming at you, but you yeah. still feel isolated and lonely unless you can actually open yourself up to other people. Like right. you two are dropping nuggets, like nugget, nuggets of knowledge right now. I mean, you know, regret minimization theory is a huge player in my life, right? Cause what yeah. you guys just talked about, people regret what they didn't do, not yeah. what they did, mm-hmm. right? Even if they failed, they don't regret the failure. Mm-hmm. They regret the stuff they never took the chance to do. And so one of my favorite quotes, and you said it earlier, you're going to die on E, Chris, but Aeneas Williams says, begin with the end in mind and die empty. Yeah. Right. And one other, one of my friends, one of our mutual friends and one of my mentors, David Meltzer, right. He, he had a lesson, right. That talked about his dad said, you don't want to be the richest guy in the world. Holy shit. We're about to blow up right now. And it was funny. I had no idea. I think I mentioned this to you. Did I mention this part to you? And I, I know Wes knows this because I've had a conversation before I even knew who he was. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who he was. Not saying anything about him. I knew his story. I knew of him. I just didn't put it in. I guess I, I didn't really pick it up like, okay, that's his face. That's his name. That's his story. And I didn't know. But when I was going through the led up to what I'm in right now in the situation, I started seeing a bunch of shit. His like videos and content yeah. and and I'm like, damn, his story. I'm like, wow, that helped me. Yeah. At that moment. And I actually, Wes, do you remember me mentioning like this? And I kept saying his last name wrong. Remember? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but this guy is like speaking to me, man. And Wes gave me the advice, like, feel it. And then I had to go back in and start realignment, starting that process. And it's difficult, man. Like, so when I started sending Wes like videos and um, audios of me being in a very vulnerable state and very, you know, I was holding myself accountable as I was doing, I was looking for someone to, hey, if I send it and not have to worry about, hey, I'm just going to change your views of me or in me, because I was trying to remove and shed that layer of the identity of yeah. success because success is just a warm place to hide, bro. Because people get seduced by success too, right? 
Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. Like, you get so bought up into it, you know? Like, and, and we talked about this before, like, new money syndrome, some buying watches and buying shoes or buying cars or sitting on a yacht or, to, you know, taking pictures of the dumbest shit in the world and thinking it means anything in the world. Like, no one cares, man. We're all going to die, and no one's going to care unless you leave them something. Yeah. And it could be maybe as in money, could be something, you know, as a as – a, like watch or shoes or whatever the your wealth it could be that or you could leave them with something more powerful yeah brother. and that's bringing some bringing some type of knowledge for them to make an impact in their own life and if you and there's enough people out there, there's more good that i've ever done there's the outweighs the bad right so right and especially when it comes to business that's all i do is help 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 and serve, 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 because I, I believe it's my life's mission to make an impact with people because that's the greatest currency you can ever possess is the effect you have on others, right? And I've read that somewhere. can't remember who it was. And, and David Meltzer, so make a long story short, when I ha we had him on the podcast, I was now putting out that frequency to attract that conversation. Right. Now he wants me to be a part of his businesses and his journey and his he invites me onto his shows and these types of things. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And that's what, that's when everything comes full circle, but you got to lean into it. Yeah, that's right. If you don't lean into it, you're not going to experience that type of joy. Talk about full circle. You're bringing back the lean into it from early in the show. I love it. Right. Cool. I can do, you know what I mean? Loopbacks all day long. This is what I, I do. Love it. So I'm okay. So let's make a transition if we can. Right. So yeah. And a lot of people probably think, well, has this has zero to do with business. It has everything to do with business. Yeah. Everything everything because when you put merge this together game over because there's nothing you can't accomplish nothing right, right. making the transition in business and in all the things you've done up until this point what were what were some pivotal moments in your journey in business life when you started becoming a little bit more whole and as in your true self Ryan yeah so there have been a lot of like incremental moments right we all have those but I would tell you that one that that was really really big for me was having kids um, mm -hmm. and the, and the reason was, is because I always said that everything I was going to do professionally was for the benefit of my family. Mm -hmm. And that was the narrative that I put out. That was the narrative I believed. And I believed it in my core. Uh, we had our son, I took a week off and then the next six months went by like that. And all of a sudden I had an aha moment where I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Like my son is six months old. I, other than my first week, like I've missed this. Right. Yeah. I was burning the candle at both ends. I remained in those patterns. And, and so doing everything for the benefit of my family doesn't really matter if my family's not there. Oh, and so man. it was one of the first times in my life that I was, I didn't, and I don't say this arrogantly. I just say this to be true. It was one of the first times that I didn't feel like I was smart enough or had the people already in my life to help me do it. Mm -hmm. And so I went out to hire my first coach and, and I interviewed 15 and 14 of them were an inch deep and a mile wide and yeah. really didn't have credibility or relevance that were going to be able to push me there. And the 15th, resonated on a deep level. And Why so that do you one, think? Because he had relevance and credibility. Okay. He, he understood struggle. He, he understood what it looked like to build a business. He understood what it looked like to lead people. He understood what it looked like to be vulnerable, right? He wasn't teaching just- a He's system. been there before. He had perspective, yeah. Yeah. Right, Re relevance and credibility. And so like he, he was someone that I knew could push me. Well, mm -hmm. a month into working with him, is when he said, Bogart, you got to be doing this. And I said, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. He said, coaching and speaking professionally. And I said, dude, like I'm paying you a lot of money not to tell me how great I am, but to help me figure out this other stuff. Like, what are you talking about? Like, don't add more to my right. 
Well, so ultimately he ended, but, but long story short, he told me what he believed and what he mm -hmm. saw and what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. Right. And so over the course of the next nine months, he trickled that. And that's when I jumped into my business. But what, what he really helped me do was to bring awareness and intentionality, which I thought I was pretty good at to another mm -hmm. level. Right. And then really be able to understand it from the, the lens of like, okay, how do I start shifting my, my given ability, my gifts, my experiences, my perspectives into a way where I can really help people. You know, my story is unique. I've been on stage since I was seven. Um, yeah. But the reality of it was I was telling a story. I wasn't applying lessons in a way that people could learn and apply it in their own lives. Right. So I was given perspective, motivation, direction, but I wasn't teaching. I wasn't having impact in the same way. And so he really helped me understand that divide and that difference and started to shift. And that translated into my other business where we were able to really start to escalate and scale from that point forward as well. It, it changed shows. the way it changed the way I interacted with my clients in that world. What was interesting is, although I was in the risk management employee benefits consulting world for 15 years, um, the last five I was in it, my relationship with my clients, we didn't even talk about insurance. What I realized is I was actually coaching them. It was yeah. a person to person deal. Right. And so that was something that I didn't realize until I went through this whole experience is that everything, no matter what we do is about the human element, everything. It's about human connection and the human element. And can you build and foster relationships, trust, vulnerability, and all of those things. And what you just said before, like, oh yeah, some people are going to say this isn't about business. I just released a video last week in a series I've got with Bogart's bullets that was literally on this, why balance doesn't exist. People seek work-life balance. That doesn't yes. exist. It's a misnomer. No, it we have yeah. one life. And so what I teach is integration. And I teach a word that you, you've, you've used awesome off, often throughout our conversation is to create an aligned intentional life because then yeah. it becomes self-regulating and you can focus on all the things that you need to. So that was one of the most pivotal moments that transferred into probably hundreds over the following five years that really helped me grow and learn to have greater impact because that's all I care about now. Right. Well, I mean, you mentioned one thing there. And I want to make sure that I, I touch on this because a lot of people going to miss it in having intention and putting, you know, making it deliberate pretty much. Mm -hmm. It's difficult for people to sit back and ask themselves really difficult questions and vulnerable moments in their life. Mm -hmm. And that's why 5 a.m. is a very important time for myself mm -hmm. because it's me time. Yeah, buddy. I believe in everything happens for a reason. And, but when your mind's impressionable to it and when it makes an impact. But when I was going through that in the very beginning of it, I wouldn't have had the time because I would have had to focus on all the other things that I was doing unless That's would right. agree. And now it's indirectly forced me to take this time and use it wisely and invest it wisely to heal myself. Yes. And when that was the first step is healing. And now that I'm... You're in people, someone asked me this question the other day. It's like, when did you heal yourself? Like, well, it's not, a, it's not a healed process. It's a healing process every day. Every day. It, it happens every day. Um, and, and I'll touch on this. Like my dad, when, and this is where I learned all this bullshit, right? Because it's not his fault because it was taught to him of not being vulnerable and give you something to cry about. You know what I mean? Like, you, I'm, you, I'm yeah. going to send you in to your mom. You can go cry with her. You know, that type of conversation. I mean, granted, I love my father. My dad knows that I love him more than life itself. But when I was going through it and I was indirectly forcing him to allow me to be vulnerable in his presence, and I was indirect teaching him that this is the healing process, mm -hmm. that 
brought a whole different level of understanding to him of what's actually was projected onto him. That's right. Now that, you know, my growth, the journey and the impact that I'm making with companies and corporations and the business and, and but it's, it has everything to do with me becoming whole and in, in one center in the true essence of myself. That's why I'm polarizing what I'm polar. I mean, it's just what we're doing. And that's, yeah. that's what people feel for me, Brian. And I love that because a, sometimes when they feel that type of frequency, people that aren't on that frequency, they get scared of it that's and right. run away. Like West, talk a little bit about that because well, I know we've had a lot of conversations. It's like, say for instance, if I walked up to you and I'm putting a pol- like putting out such a high vibration and that frequency, how much is that coming to play? Are people noticing that? What do they tend to do from that moment? Oh yeah, I mean it's that's so crucial because, mm. and it's it's actually it's like a it's kind of like a magnet and it works in a certain way. Like mm. those who are yeah. going to be in alignment with you will naturally stay on and move forward. And those who aren't will naturally just be rejected. Right? And so it's actually like uh, you working on yourself and then you putting that out there. It's like a filtration process for your life. Right? And it's just, and you don't have to do too much work in it. It just naturally weeds itself out and filters for you. Uh, and, and now it's, it's funny because when you understand it, you start to witness it, you start to see it happening. And especially if you notice it with someone else, like I'm obviously Chris and I work closely together. And so I can watch also from my perspective and see it happening in real time with him, right? Which is, which is a beautiful thing. But yeah, I mean, that's really, I, that's what I call it. It's a natural filtration process for your life. Dude, that's poetic. Yeah. I love oh, he's how good. He's that. good. That, no, I mean, those guy, two yeah. analogies you just dropped, man, those are, whew. <laughs> it touched on that, Wes. And that's why I wanted to ask it. I didn't know exactly where you're going to go with it. And it just kind of goes with two mind, great minds, right? I know exactly where it's <laughs> like, I have an understanding of bringing impact with the listeners, but if you're listening to this, and I hope everyone understands this, it all starts with you leaning in. And I'm going to keep going back to this loop back. It all starts with you leaning in. If you're not willing to lean in and feel that and embracing that pain, you're not going to know what it feels like to avoid the suffering piece. That's a freaking missile, bro. You would dodge that one, then you're now not stuck into that old conditioning and old frequency. You're not on that. So that way, what Wes is talking about and kicking people off. So here's the thing about true love. And a lot of people say, why is he talking about true love? It's about understanding and recognizing that energy and appreciating that energy for itself, the true essence of itself. So I don't know if I've ever met the, the love of my life or if it's in my life currently and I may be just identifying myself in a different way. I don't know. And I'm not trying to get into that conversation, but true love, or it could be not just true love of actually understanding or love you have for one another as a person, as a human's as boy, girl, doesn't matter the gender. When you recognize that frequency and that energy that they're putting out and you just love them for who they are and just recognizing the beauty, the inner essence of that, then you're not emotionally attached to it. Do you see what I'm saying? And that's how you stay in that frequency. And that's how you keep these people around you. That's how instantly when we got on a phone together, and, I, and thank you, Anthony Trucks, by the way, for connecting oh, us. Oh, yeah, he's the man. Um, he read this perfectly, man. didn't he? <laughs> yeah, so he's the man. Like, and so there hasn't been one person that he's introduced me to that wasn't on. And I, insta- I hadn't, didn't know much about you other than just getting on the phone and, it's, and kind of doing what we do. But we instantly went into, I felt your pain, you felt my pain. We went in and we just on that frequency yeah. and recognizing that. Now you're worthy or I'm worthy to having that type of intellectual conversation, which was impactful and i hope i hope that we're 
expressing that and, and just coming across a certain way to the listeners and understanding and feeling that type of energy. And I wish that people are on this call because I feel that energy yeah. so much and it is hard to not recognize it on that type of level. And I talk a lot about this is transferring energy. Can you kind of share some of your knowledge on maybe some a proper way or the right way to have an understanding on how to transfer energy positively into someone else and recycling that back into you? Brother, that is a really good question. Um, I've, I've never actually been asked something like that before. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be answering it on the fly because I do it every day, but it's one of those things that I hadn't really thought about. I think honestly, it starts with presence and being where our feet are, which is a, a, something I learned from one of my first quotes, uh, coaches is that term, be where your feet are. When we can look down and know exactly where our feet are, we know exactly where our energy is needed at the moment. So, you know, I'm going to literally reach over here to give an example, but it's like, I could have this phone be glancing down at the phone through our whole conversation, but that doesn't allow me to transfer energy because I'm divided. I'm not a hundred percent here in this moment. Mm -hmm. And so what I really think starts and is everything about energy transfer is presence being where our feet are and being active in this moment because when i can do that and i can look you in the eyes on video right when you you made that comment on our very first call you're like bro you transfer energy so well well guess what you mm -hmm. do too and it's because there are no other distractions right now you are my only priority and that's what like integration in life is all about is being able to pivot and recognize it like you and wes are all i care about at the moment I think there's a lot of people that get stuck in distraction. So when you want to really transfer energy, receive it, recycle it, and then transfer it back out, I think we've got to be where we are right now. Wow. That's, that's probably the most powerful piece. And there's other elements to it, but if we're not here, it doesn't really matter what else we do. There's a reason why I asked you that question. And I didn't know where the question was going to come from, but it was something that was on my mind and how I was feeling it because I haven't, I not say struggle, but when people ask me it's something very similar to that, like how in the hell does this guy stay plugged in and staying motivated all day? That's how, but I'm not motivated all day because motivation just is like fairy dust. It goes away, right? Yeah. yeah. But when yep. you're transferring energy and recycling energy, and I don't even know where the question came from. I think it come from, and it's so funny, we're having a conversation about all these different people and this made impacts in different parts of our lives collectively. It's so funny. That Dave Meltzer, he asked me that question once. He said, if you can give any advice to someone out there, what kind of advice would you give? And I had no idea what I was going to say because I'm, I'm present, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know where the questions come from. The questions come from me understanding and being tactical and having that experience. Right. But and now being 100% aligned on who I am in my true essence, I'm able to be there right then 100%. And I said that. Learning how to transfer your energy positively into people and then watching an instant impact right? Instantaneous. That's what I love about sales and business and human interaction. I can sense that from you and what impact yeah. is making by some things that maybe you're not verbalizing to me, but I can read it. And then I take that energy and put it where it goes right back into me and I'm able to come back into a different level. If you look at a lot of my trainings and I look at a lot of some of the stuff that I do at the beginning of the call is very monotone. I'm bringing energy, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not aligned yet. I'm not on the zone and Wes sees this but I'm not in a zone yet. And then once I start getting moving, it's like a snowball effect, right? And now that I'm seeing an impact that I'm having with people, That's I'm right. on fire by the time that call's over with. Like on fire, because there's nothing more freaking powerful and beautiful to watch than someone's soul is actually on freaking fire. Dude, God, yes. There's nothing more beautiful to watch 
Yeah, and man. I feel that with you and same way with Wes. And then I've watched him do it in a different type of way and a different approach that I've never seen it done before that what, how he ignites people. And I love that. So me asking you that question, and I'm going to ask you in a different way because I know that you're not going to answer it in that way. But while I'm asking this, how much do you recognize where people should, and that's the one word you want to move away from, <laughs> right? Yeah. Should take some time to become more present and in that moment and looking down at their feet. Say that one more time. Cause I'm, I, I think I'm, I think I'm following what you're asking, but I want to make sure. No, I'm no, yeah, no, I'm just saying it's it's like, so say for instance, you're working with a client yep. and they have the potential and they have everything that they're so close of actually living that fulfilled life and experiencing what we experience on yeah, a daily yeah. basis, sometimes on an hourly basis or a minute basis, you know, we, we get so much and I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful for everything that I've ever been experienced to good or bad. And that's where it comes from. But yeah. when I was, sometimes when I'm viewing people, I don't look at, look at them for where they currently are. You I don't look at from where their past. I look at for the potential. I look at who they should be and could be one day if I give them the right. So yeah. how much does that, Go into your mind when you go, damn, this person can be just on fire. All they need to do is just make one little tweak. Yeah. So I think that's actually my default, honestly, Chris. It's funny. Okay. I was having a conversation with my wife about this yesterday. And, uh, and I'm, I'm in the middle of training for an Ironman. And yes. it just came out of nowhere, like out of nowhere, right? I just decided I'm going to do it and I'm going to go do it. And, um, and she said, she's like, you know, it's just interesting because it's like, I, I, I can't do that. And like, I refuse to accept that she can't do that. And so I said, well, what do you mean you can't do that? She said, Brian, like, that's why you do what you do because you see what people are capable of, not what they believe in the moment. Wow. And so the reality of it is I feel like that is one of my gifts is I see the, I see the light in people. I see the potential. I see the opportunity. And it's my job when I'm coaching somebody to let them see it, pull it out of themselves. So I extract it, but really for them, it's going inside to discover it. And mm. so that's where when I hear somebody say <laughs> wow. something and they want to accomplish something major in life or they have these big goals and they're not really progressing through, it's like we've got to really unpack like what are the blocks between where you are today and where you want to be? Mm. Right? Is it is it intellectual, is it emotional, is it spiritual, is it behavioral pattern, is it emotional triggers? Like what is it? Is it somebody just told you you're not worthy? And so like, that's my job is like to let see, let people see the light that I see in them. I, I mean, I often wow. say this to my wife, I'm like, oh I wish God. you could see yourself the way I see you because you'd never have any doubts in the world. Like you, you, if I look at you and my wife, like it doesn't mean I don't see faults. It doesn't mean I don't see failures. It's, but what it's I see appreciating you, all of it. Yeah. It's appreciating all of it. But if you saw yourself the way I see you, right? Like there'd be nothing that could stand in your way. And so I feel like that's my job as a coach is to help people see in themselves what I can see in them. It's like introducing them to their true selves. And that's yeah. a beautiful thing. Uh, people aren't going to, I guess, be open to that type of deep level coach. I, I'm, my team, sometimes they chop up different clips for people on social media. And a lot of times when you go to my uh, thread, <laughs> You see me yelling in a camera. I'm not yelling at a camera. I'm yelling at a whole group of people, you know? <laughs> yeah, and because yeah. and what, what I'm yelling, I'm, I'm speaking a lot of authority. I'm talking, you know, with so much passion. And that's that frequency of vibration, right? But and me trying to transfer energy, sometimes I'm, I'm trying to reach every person on that call. Yeah. But my, what I'm 
but if I just reach one, I'm happy. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Because someone's watching a clip of that, or maybe it could be in a different way. And I'm like, ah, why is this guy? I'm like, I'm talking about my life, man. Yeah. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm speaking about myself or something that I know for sure anyone could ever experience if they're willing to put in the hard work and dedication it's right. going to take. And when I see that light in someone else, and I've done better lately, and I think even in the last three months, Wes, and I'm going to make it an example here. We were in a sales training and I was talking to a couple of salespeople. Remember that guy that was, he probably shouldn't have been with us for a little while. We we're trying to train him, but we didn't have the time to train him. We, we needed people to go into the contract. And I made a comment about what I want to do is I want to go and reach inside of his fucking body and pull the right one out and be right. like, listen, here it is. You can do this. Yep. You can do anything you ever want. So stop telling me that word can't because I'm a, I used to have a physical reaction to it. Yeah, brother. And, but now I, what I try to do is I'm like, okay, I need to dig deeper. I need to communicate better. I need to become a little bit more vulnerable with myself to be a little bit more empathetic on their situation, their experience, their journey. It's all about the, it's all about what you're exposed to rather than you sometimes just your experience. Because if I was exposed to this type of deep level of understanding and thinking yeah, 20 years ago, I Dude. probably would have, like, I don't know what I would have done, but then again, I'm still grateful that I didn't because it makes it more worthwhile now. That's right. That's right. It's interesting though, that you say that like, sometimes you'll see people see clips of you yelling, right? What's interesting <laughs> is like, I think people, even what you just did might bucket that as yelling. I don't see that as yelling. I see it as you speaking from your soul, mm. right? Like when you're, you're, you're transferring energy, you're speaking with such power and conviction. When you talked about energy transfer and you show up in a room and people can't necessarily absorb that, they're going to put a label on it. Yeah, he's screaming. He's coming off aggressive. But the reality of it is you're speaking a truth so real, so deep to your core, so deep to who you are, right? Some people can't absorb that. They're not ready to absorb that. But I think that that's one thing I've, I've observed in you. You speak passionately, sometimes loudly, <laughs> right? Yeah, sometimes right, yeah. fast and, and, and potentially just with a crazy amount of energy. I do the same thing. And so I constantly have to pay attention to making sure, right, that people understand and connect the dots as to where that energy is coming from. Mm-hmm. Because it's not so much screaming. That's where I think somebody who's not on that call might not interpret right. appropriately. But that's your gift, brother. You can, you can infuse that in other people. Right, and, and, and we all, th- all three of us do it differently mm-hmm. and, and make a different impact, but the same outcome usually happens. That's right. And I think that's what's so beautiful. And that's why I've been so excited about this conversation because a lot of people don't understand that Wes is so good at what he does, like so good that people don't really get, I guess, a full, like a deeper feeling from it because the way that he communicates it and it's not a lot of that over that was an over passionate and loud approach but when the way that he explains things to people and analogies that he uses i'm like holy shit i sit back sometimes like god man i'm his biggest fan right i'm like like this guy is going to do some amazing things and i just want to be a part of it yeah like and then that's that's the abundant piece yep that people don't really take in in holy right yeah people say I want, I believe in abundance, but I only want them to do it just as good as me. Yeah. Or it's not better, right? You got to want it. I mean, I'll put them, I mean, man, I'll shine a light on people and do whatever it is, but that's what another side of it people feel. So yeah. when I'm having a conversation with people, yeah, I'm very much present. I'm inside that moment and having a conversation. 
But when I'm talking with all that authority and all that passion and putting out that type of vibration, I'm speaking through people. That's right. Yep. That's, but if you're, it's kind of like, um, um, what is it? Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and all these people, right? They yeah. talk about like be water or punch through something all the way through the back of it, right? Well, that's what I do with people. I want my vibration to go right through them. Mm-hmm. And I want it to go, and if the ones that it goes right through, I'm going to hit their networks. I'm going to hit those, the people that are around yeah. them or closest to them. That's what the impact that I'm making. But here's the thing though, when I'm hitting with someone and I'm trying to make an impact and I'm sending out that vibration and that frequency and it hits yours and it matches mm-hmm. game time. That's lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Like we're about to have a good time. You see what I'm saying? So totally people on that frequency aren't going to try to match that type of level or overcome it. We're just going to embrace it and, and right. be present in the moment. Talk. I mean, if we can, and I know that we're kind of going over a lot more than we probably don't imagine. I appreciate you staying over a little bit more bringing this to the audience. Cause there's so much here. Can you, I guess, share with me or share with the audience, what are your views on if you do meet someone that is on that frequency and how important is it to just be present and enjoy and be grateful for that moment of actually finding someone on that type of level? Oh man, I don't know that I can place a higher level of importance on it. I think that again, what we all seek is human connection. When you immediately feel the vibration and connect on that frequency with somebody like, you know, Right. And, and I think that that's one of the things too, that I've talked about, about building and cultivating meaningful relationships is like, we all know what it's like to have, to meet somebody and immediately feel like they're inauthentic or they want something from us or right. They're trying to sell us or they, they're coming with some front. And then we also know the feeling that we experience when somebody shows up and they're just a hundred percent authentically who they are. And we feel that connection and vibration. And, and so I, I always am in a belief where it's like, I want to be the first one to transfer that energy so that people can feel in, that it's real and have that trust so that they can actually open up to that because there is no greater thing than connecting with another right. person intellectually, spiritually, from an energy standpoint. I mean, to your point with Wes, dude, I feel that same connection with Wes. You and I are probably more similarly aligned in terms of energy and delivery. Yes. Wes is poetic. I mean, dude, oh, yeah. I've said it three or four times in the way that you've dropped something. You've just like dropped these nuggets of knowledge and wisdom on people in such an eloquent way, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel the same energy from you that I feel from Chris, but that's because I think we're all aligned. So I'm just yeah. embracing and loving 100%. this whole t- conversation. Actually, I, gave him, I gave him that nickname. It's called a sales poet at one point, but I mean, we yeah, didn't want to label him just as a sales, but the way that he explains things so eloquently, it's just, it's beautiful to watch it's beautiful. and experience. But I guess, Wes, I mean, what are some of your questions with this? I mean, I know that there's, there's so much there. Yeah. it's kind of hard to dissect but if you can touch on a lot of this yeah actually one thing that um if, if we're getting close to want to wrap up here i think one thing that we can end with because with with this actually perfectly with this conversation um you know we talk about authenticity right and and the importance of being authentic and i struggled with this for a very long time right because i always felt like okay what what do i need to put out there or do i need to try to be this way or that way Right. And do I need to try to be, you know, naturally like bring more energy to things or things along those lines? Um, and I'm like, that's just not naturally who I am. I yeah. just need to be who I am. Right. And, and embrace that part of it. Uh, so I think maybe the, the last part of this is what advice would you give people about how to really embrace their authentic self and know that it's okay and it's enough? 
Yeah, that's a deep question that I don't think we can answer in a short period of time, but I'll, I'll, I'll answer it in the lens of like, how can people identify the things that make them their most authentic self? Because I think that's really critical because oftentimes people aren't aware of that. And what you just said is a perfect example, right? It's like you maybe hung out and did some work with Chris and felt like you needed to fabricate energy and deliver it in a different way. But inherently that probably drained you. That probably took a bunch of energy away from you. And so if I think people pay attention to the activities and actions, beliefs and systems in their life that are draining for them, mm. that's telling them that it's not in alignment with who they are. It's not in alignment with their most authentic selves, right? On the inverse, when you can find the calibration and alignment in your life where you start to experience the uplifting, energizing feeling from your activities, actions, emotions, and people that are in it, that's a very strong indication to lean in that that's who you are. So the mm -hmm. fact that you found that calibration, right? I can see you sitting there extremely comfortable with exactly who you are on this call versus feeling like you need to compete for airspace with the two of us who tend to go on longer tangents because that's who we authentically are. And you're just totally calibrated. So I think people need to pay attention to what are the things in their life that drain them and what are the things in their life that fill them? Okay. Lean more into the things that fill them, right? That's not say completely go away from the stuff that drains us because sometimes that's part of embracing the pain. We've got to get through that to really have it be an energizing piece. But in general, just pay attention to how stuff makes you feel and be honest and real with it and do more of the stuff that makes you feel good. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a great answer on two different ways. And, and if I can touch on this, man, that's just so much here, Wes, for people that I hope people that are really going to experience this and, and take it in. You might need to listen to this about 10 times <laughs> if someone's listening. When you said something about, you know, if it's draining you, and a lot, you see a lot of people right now, especially with social media, trying to be somebody they're not. And people, yeah. those people stick out like a sore thumb to me because I identified the, you know, the, the fraud. I identified that you're not who you say you are or what the person who you're trying to be portrayed as. When people like us, we look at them and we're like, man, I feel sorry for how can I help them mm -hmm. rather than shitting on them, right? Because successful people or the people on this type of frequency and that type of level of understanding and, and trying to elevate others. We're not going to kick people while they're down because that's part of their journey. What I'm going to try to do is I'm going to ask all the deep questions and, and tough questions and difficult questions for people yeah. to realize that they're not being their true selves. Then they'll come to me. And that's more impactful than me saying, stop being a fucking moron, <laughs> right? Or <laughs> stop trying to sound like this yeah. guy or sound like this. But if I came in that way, it's not going to, it's not going to, because now I'm talking to the egotistical part of them. That's right. That it's going to fight or flight or maybe get to a certain point like I need a battle or whatever that situation is. I'm always going to uplift people and try to at least sprinkle yeah. some type of knowledge and, 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 and identifying some of their, their flaws and their faults and point it out in an indirect way for them to see it if their mind's impressionable to it. And I'll drop that little nugget and then walk off and see if they grab it. And yeah. they'll grab it eventually, like the ones that, you know, mock me or scoff me, all this, all this stuff, right, through my journey. 
the ones that have done it my whole lives, man, and then seeing like, who does God think he is. I'm not just trying to be Chris Ross. Someone asked me, like, can you be the LeBron James of sales or the LeBron James of business? Or LeBron James. I'm like, I'm just trying to be the Chris Ross of sales. I'm trying to be the Chris yeah. Ross of me. Like, I'm just fucking, I don't give a shit about all these other people. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, if you put me on a call with them or you put me in a situation in business or whatever that is, I'm, I'm willing to die right then. They're not going to beat me because I'm playing an infinite game. That's right, brother. An infinite game. An infinite game. Because as long as I still got air in my lungs, bro, and God gives me another day, I'm going to go after it. Yeah. Like, I am attacking. Like, people are like, why are you so aggressive? That's just me. Yeah. That's just me. When I stop trying to, like, I guess, I don't know, man, like, water myself down or dilute myself a little bit just to fit into the conversations and – Nah, man, I'm just myself, bro. Like, I'm just, just me. I'm going to do my thing. And if yeah. you don't like it, turn me off, man. You got, you have that ability to turn yeah. me off. Yeah. But dude, you'll so follow me every once in a while. Just you, that is, that is so powerful. I got to go off on what you just said. Cause man, this is so real. Um, you know, the number of times in my life, people have been like, oh my gosh, you're so loud. You need to be more quiet. You need to like, you need to change who you are. I'm like, this is who I am. This is who I've been since I was born. Mm-hmm. But I often tried to water myself down, tried to like blend it down so that I could connect and resonate with different people. You know what that is though? That's shame, brother. Yeah, it is. Shame held me back for big parts of my life. We were getting, I think earlier when we had an interruption in one of our connections, I think that was one of the tangents I was about to go off is it's like shame. Brene Brown, I've learned a lot from Brene. And the way she buckets shame because why I didn't understand it is because shame is the ultimate wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. It buckets you. Where most people feel it is, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. And I've had moments in my life that were there, but I never really was stuck in that space. And the reason I didn't know shame played a role in my life because I didn't understand the second part to shame, which is when you shut that down, you're ready to go to battle, you show up in the arena. It's, who do you think you are? Mm. Everything major I've ever done in my life, up until the point I understood shame, I felt the need to apologize for it. I needed to water it down make it more normal so that it could blend in. The reality of it is this is who I am, brother, mm-hmm. right? And just like what you said, it's like when you started to realize the more that you just show up is exactly who you are. Don't try to water it down. Don't try to blend in. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. Mm-hmm. Your power actually becomes infinite. That's why I don't prepare for meetings or like podcast stuff like this. I mean, yeah, I have some of the questions that I wrote down and maybe some bullet points, but not like questions to ask because I'm, I want to be in that moment. And I, and that's where I get the, I guess you said the most true authentic part of myself and my approach and the way that I am and trying to like connect with people. And that's what the show's all about is understanding both sides of the buyer seller relationships. And the reason why I said buyer seller relationship, because a lot of people think is always sales. Everything we do is sales. Everything brother. Everything you've been selling. You, you, when a doctor slapped you in the ass, you were, you cried to fucking sell him and stop slapping you. Like, why am I starting my life this way? Do you see my point? Like yeah. we've been selling our whole freaking lives. All I'm going to do is I'm going to shine a light on it. You've been doing this all your whole life. And some of you are awful at it. And some of you are great at it. Yep. It's just knowing who you are, man. And a lot of people, there's going through life because, oh, I have to be a doctor because I was born in this part of the world and that's how they viewed success, a doctor. Or, or I, wanted, I had to be a cop because my dad was a cop. Or I may have to be a yeah. fireman because my dad was right. a fireman. Or I wanted to go into the military because they, my family members were in the military and they lived a, cert, a somewhat successful life. I'm viewing them as a person of influence and, and made an impact on in my life. 
No one gives a shit. Yeah. No one cares, man. No one yeah. cares. No one's going to care about you enough unless they sit back and they know exactly who they are. That's right. And then appreciate the vibration and energy and who you are. I applaud people when they put themselves out there and they still suck at it. Yeah, I get no advice. They're like, who the hell is this guy? And then, then I got a friend. I got a follower. I got a friend for life because I am aware. I do see. And I am approachable. And that's a hard thing for people, like, yeah. I guess, in that type of frequency. You don't, you don't want to, I guess, project or put out a certain frequency of, like, I'm not approachable. I'm approachable. If you need, you need advice, ask me. The squeaky wheel gets degrees, bro. If you want advice, we'll give it to you. That's why you see a lot more of us kind of going to this. But, I mean, Wes, anything you want to add to that before we make a transition of where we guys, where our listeners can find um, Brian and whatnot? Uh, I think I think that was beautifully said. And, uh, you know, I think really where people can, as long as they, you know, go back and listen to this episode a few times, right. you know, listen to it a few times and think about how this all relates to your own life. And especially that alignment, right? That alignment with with yourself and living the most authentic life. You know, and if, if you can at least take away one thing that'll help you from this episode, obviously we'll be very grateful for that. And, and uh, you know, hope that you can use it to really better your life. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Brian, for the most part, where, where should our listeners go to find you? So the best place is my website. It's brianbogert.com. Um, all of my social stuff is on there. My Bogert's bullets, a lot of the media is on there. Uh, but given that we are all in a place where we're talking about how to become our most authentic selves, I actually have a free offer for everybody who's listening today. So whether they're well on their path to knowing who they already are, completely stuck and have no idea where to begin, or they're somewhere in between, this will be a really effective resource for you. Go to nolimitsprelude.com. There's a free download that's a summary of a lot of our basic coaching philosophies that'll really help you get clarity on who you are, the things that you want to accomplish, and start building a systematic life of alignment so that you can live with no limits and be who you already are, your most authentic self. So brianbogert.com, nolimitsprelude.com. And if there's anything I can do to help anybody listening, to your point, Chris, just ask the question because I want to determine if and how I can help. Oh, wow. No limit. When you said no limit, I just automatically thought masturbate for some <laughs> I don't know why not to like, do, but yeah, but I hope all the listeners like really got a lot of value from, you know, and it was just as much fun. And I wish everyone can actually experience the energy that was actually on this and yeah. we experienced together. And I'm grateful for, you know, that and, you know, us, you know, sharing, you know, holding space together. Right. And, and then that's what it's all about is like, you know, getting on that type of level, holding space just for a second. And then you're, we release, and then you're going to go do your thing and make an impact on all the other places. And then we mentioned that in our last time that we had a conversation that when we had our conversation went forever. Right. And we didn't realize really what time it was. I missed like two meetings. And I never miss, I don't miss Neither it. I don't, bro. Like I'm, I'm very conscious of people's time and I respect people's time because time is the only non non-renewable resource in life. So I respect that. But sometimes when you're going to kick me, I didn't realize what time it was. And think about that's the first step for people. And that's my challenge with understanding this. And if you really want to learn something at Bogart's Bullets, I love that, by the way. And I've been watching some of your stories and, and some of the things that you're putting out. And it's so powerful for people if their minds are impressionable to it. That right there, what he's talking about, will get your mind impressionable. Being present, leaning in. There's so much I've learned even 
from asking questions and being a part of this and just kind of be holding space with you, my man. So other than that, I just, in the next step is taking and learning how to take the energy from this and transfer it to another source. Yeah. Yeah. I'm beyond grateful for the opportunity to be with you and brother. I, I mean, geez, we've gone almost two hours again today. Same right. deal, right? Like I just, we're in this space and I just want to honor it because this is just, uh, it's such a pleasure, such a blessing to be with both you, Chris, Wes, and everybody who's listening. Right. Guys, I appreciate it, guys. Um, just ask yourself, how can you become 1% better? And that's how you start. Let's go win. Boop. Peace out.